What's up, y'all? This is Eric Benet, and you're listening to me, haha, <laughs> and my girl Quincy on Studio Q. Welcome to another exciting edition of Studio Q. On today's show, we have soul singer extraordinaire Eric Benet, who just dropped his new album called The One. Featuring the runaway hit Harriet Jones. I'm also going to play you some more singles from this album, which I really fell in love with. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation between Eric Benet and Studio Q. You are listening to Studio Q. There is an unspoken exchange that you said that is from you yeah. um, to the audience. For people who've never even heard of Eric Benet, yeah. who've never been to an Eric Benet, yeah. you know, concert, describe what goes on. Well, music is so powerful, and um, I, I, I feel like the experience of music, just in my opinion, is heightened uh, with live instrumentation. Yeah. You know, and uh, you throw in an audience who is feeling the music that you've created and have been feeling it for years and put me and my amazing band on the stage, there is this exchange of energy that's going on and it transcends uh, language, it transcends, you know, uh, like like usual communication. Mm-hmm. And it's like music is like this powerful healing, um, I don't know, it's, it, it, it's, it's like this thing that just... Um, it's like from heart to heart, mm-hmm. you know, and it's 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 very difficult to explain to anybody right. that that has never actually performed mm-hmm. and felt that rush of love coming at you. Yeah. And so when you feel that rush of love, you just try to return it mm-hmm. like a thank you. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this beautiful exchange that happens for the whole show, and it's just like incredible. Do you ever get nervous or stage fright in, in, in before? I always get nervous. Right before. Okay. Uh, but as soon as I hit the stage, it's just like, you know, you feel that rush, and it's like, this ain't nothing to be afraid of right, right here. Would you listen, Miss Jones? Let me please come home. Please,
What's up, y'all? This is Eric Benet, and you're listening to me, haha, <laughs> and my girl Quincy on Studio Q. You are listening to Studio Q. This is the independent venture that you've been praying for, that you've been wanting, Absolutely. that you've been like, oh my gosh, when I get this album, mm-hmm. it's gonna be called The, the One. one. And, and guess what, Eric? Look at that. It's the one. the one. It is the one. Tell me, what were you able to do on this album? And through this whole creative process that you weren't able to ever do before on Warner Brothers. Yeah, there's nothing uh, that uh, inspires and motivates uh, professionally like ownership. You know, when you own it, it's like, yo, I'm about to stick my foot in this right here because (laughs) because this is, I'm putting all of me on the line right here. And uh, not that every time I did a project on Warner Brothers... Um, I didn't feel, um, y- y- you know, that that kind of like passion for going into the studio because, yeah. because I clearly did, you mm-hmm. know. Every time I did a project, I wanted it to be um, um, a-, a strong creative statement. Um, there are little frustrations that happen along the way, though, when you're an artist at uh, a big label. Um, you you are really at the whim of of someone else's final say on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to well, what's going to be the single, are they going to put money behind the single? Am I going to get a video? Are y'all going to like, you know? I mean, there's so many little issues and details that are behind the music that um, it does kind of emotionally affect you throughout the process. Yeah. The beauty of the difference is I just got to feel it. You know, I just, I just gotta love it. I just have to get the goosebumps. Mm-hmm. And, and when I look back on my the history of my career, um, the songs that have made the strongest impact on 
the fans and my career really have been the songs where when I'm listening to them in the studio and I get those goosebumps, I'm like, oh, that that was dope right there. <laughs> right. You know, and so I just use that as my barometer mm-hmm. um, for this entire project. And okay. um, it, it's, it's served me well throughout my career. And I think now that I'm owning the record label, right. it's going to continue. Writing those to, big checks? Yes. That, well, that's the thing. I got to write the, I have to pay for the record now. Yeah. I have to pay for the marketing and all this stuff now. But um, but you say you were happy to do it. Very happy to. I think you had said something similar to Steve Jobs, like like your inner voice mm-hmm. be louder than yeah. the ones that you encounter. Absolutely. What if you're wrong? And mm-hmm. how do you balance that with constructive criticism? Well, the beautiful thing about the way um, uh, the universe and uh, the human experience works mm-hmm. is if you're wrong enough, then that's uh, the indication that, okay, you need to, like, shift paths. Okay. You, you, your, your picker is broken <laughs> in this area. Okay. So it's, it's like, um, you, you know, it's like uh, Charles Darwin, like... Uh, uh, why can I not think of the name of the damn theory at this moment? But, but it's natural selection. Okay. Natural selection. It's like um, uh, if 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 you're wrong, then you will be naturally selected out, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, God, the universe, will direct you in another path. So you just embrace that process. So I embrace it. So mm-hmm. like, if I'm wrong, okay, great. Let me know that I'm wrong, so that I. So please show me like where else I'm supposed to go. But okay. if you're right consistently, then you're you're on the right path. Well, what types of chances were you able to take musically with this album? On this album, I could do any damn thing I wanted to, and it felt <laughs> so good. It was like I remember like a lot of this album was me and my band. By the way, my band is amazing because they're playing everything on this record. Does your cousin George play something? My cousin George plays plays keyboards and he plays guitar and he's he's been like my writing partner from from when I was thirteen. So I was like, what is the genius of cousin George when you go cousin in? Cousin George is freaking ridiculous. That's what he is. I mean, because it's like when it comes to me. Like, I don't play very well. Like, I can, I'll hear a melody and I'll hear the structure of the song and I can very clumsily, like, um, well, not clumsily, but just like on, on a very uh, basic level, I can hear the changes and I can hear what the bass note is doing and then I'll present it. Mm, right. <laughs> I'll present it to like my cousin George or my, my partner DeMonte and I'll be like, yo, bro, this is what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you mean, yes. <laughs> That. They scratch that itch. I wish I could play that mess like that. <laughs> so, like, George is that way on the guitar where I'm not that way on the guitar. George mm-hmm. is that way on keyboards where I'm not that way on the keyboards. And so, um, so yeah, so a lot of this process was just, like, uh, me walking in and saying, yo, we're going to write a country song, y'all. And they'd be like, what? Yep. I feel like a country song today, so we just ripped out a country song. But oh, today it's reggae. We're gonna just put <laughs> some reggae up in here. So it was like that. It was just like I can do whatever I wanted to do, and I, you know. And that's how real love came to be, right? Like you didn't want to wait for that whole. That's very true. It's like real love. Um, there was a usually when you leave a record label, it's a it's a, it's a, it can be a very legally involved process. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, leaving the record label um, and then finding another distribution home, getting all of those contracts in order, 
you know, so the, that whole process c can be um, a little a little long. Yeah. And I didn't want that. Um, you know, I don't want the momentum to be lost from. You know, I had sometimes I cry. Right. Grammy nominated and. Congratulations, by the you. way. Thank you very much. You know, this industry is getting harder and harder. So, mm -hmm. I mean, if I stay away for too long, they're going to be like, oh, he's over. Mm -hmm. It's a wrap. I was like, no, I'm in the studio. Can I finish my <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, well, with Twitter and everything, everything is so millisecond. Right. Yeah, like, you better, oh, next album better be coming. You know, so, <laughs> so what I did was um, when I knew that it looked like Warner Brothers was going to let me go, mm -hmm. I immediately... Um, went into the studio with George. And Cousin had, George again. Cousin George again. <laughs> and I had this uh, idea for this song, Real Love, which was basically about, you know, the relationship with my wife and I. Right. And that has never failed me in my career. When I'm, uh, when I write from a very vulnerable, vulnerable place, from a very um, uh, timely place to what's mm -hmm. happening in my life, and a very honest and real place, that song is usually. Same old love you gave me today. We got it for sure. 
What's up? This is Eric Benet, rolling with my girl Quincy on Studio Q. You are listening to Studio Q. Welcome back to Studio Q with our special guest, Eric Benet. You are listening to Studio Q. There's a lyric in there that says, I love you not just for who you are, but for the way you made a better man out of me. Mm. So how did your wife make you a better man? Well, love is many things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of, one of the most beautiful things that love is, is um, accepting, mm. you know, I'm and not trying that. to change you. Yeah. I'm not trying to uh, make you fit into my little space. You know, I love you the way you are. And um, when you feel that kind of um, unconditional acceptance and love, it almost like... Well, that can make you cry right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, when you feel it, it does make you want to cry. And, and what it also did for me was it, 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 it was like affirming to all the best parts of me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when those best parts of you get that kind of affirmation, you just become better. Well, speaking of unconditional love, we know that you had a new baby. Is, is it Lucia? Lucia. Lucia. Italian. Lucia. Oh, okay. Lucia Bella. So what was it like seeing your first baby <laughs> hold your second baby? Tears. Tears. It was, um, it was amazing. And in my experience, my life experience, it it seems as though India was that age maybe <laughs> eight, nine years ago. Right. She's 20. 20. You know, because time just, like, flies. I mean, it just, she's 20 now. But it, it seems like to me it was, like, not that long ago. Right. Seeing her hold Lucia and just love her little baby sister was a, a beautiful emotional moment. Welcome back to Studio Q with our special guest, Eric Benet. You 
are listening to Studio Q. What was it like all those years being a single father? Well, it was um, the most difficult um, and most incredibly rewarding and uh, beautiful job I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. It, 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 um, which I, I welcome to have over and over again. I mean, I was, you know how some men are, it takes them a while to mature. Oh, yeah, I have brothers. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, know, you know all about that. Uh-huh, well, Absolutely. Uh, it took me even longer. So when I was in my early 20s, I was really like 16 and 17. Right, right. As most people are, honestly, to cut yourself okay. a break. Well, thank you. <laughs> so um, I was just like this kid mm-hmm. who all of a sudden, you know, I was dad, mm-hmm. which blew me away. Um, was wonderful, was scary. But then, shortly after I was dead, about a year after I was dead, all of a sudden I was single dad. Yeah. And India lost all these things and so much more that now I'm going to have to try mm-hmm. um, to emulate or, or just be there for her in some way. So there was a lot of um, fear. There was a lot of um, um, being unsure. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was, uh, but by the grace of God, there was so much love. There was my family there yeah. the whole time. My mom, my sisters, my brother. Thank God for them, right? Yeah, thank God for them. And thank God that I, I did not have to truly do that by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I have years of wisdom years of growth on my own part. I have this 20-year-old daughter who is this well-rounded, talented, beautiful young lady now. And she seems so sweet. Like, she, just, she really you know what is. I mean? Just like, she, she truly unjaded. Is. No, she's, just... yeah, she, she truly is just in a, a beautiful soul. Um, and I also, now, I'm doing it all again. Mm-hmm. I don't have the fear, but on top of that, I have this amazing partner and my wife. Yeah. Um, to do it with. So, I mean, life life is truly wonderful now.
What's up, y'all? This is Eric Benet, and you're listening to me, haha, <laughs> and my girl Quincy on Studio Q. You are listening to Studio Q. I read that you uh, feel 24, 25 still. I do. <laughs> I, f- I feel like physically. Yeah. Like I'm okay. Well, you look on, like it too, though. Let me knock on something, but you know, I feel like. Let me put it this way: I go back home. Oh God! And I and I run into people. That you went to high school with. And I'm like, you look, oh, you look geriatric. How are you my age? And you know, I feel like I I honestly feel like I'm about 25. About Probably better because you're smarter. Much better. <laughs> much better. Yeah. And so I think really what that comes down to is um how you choose to live your life. I think it's like cutting cutting out bad food, mm-hmm. cutting out uh, bad habits, uh, and cutting out stressful um, 
drama-filled, negative people mm -hmm. out of your life. And, um, you know, that's the fountain of youth. And, and, yeah. and work out, do something that you love. Yeah. You know, do, some, do something that you love every day. Mm -hmm. If that's your job, whatever your job is, if you can just throw yourself into it and love it and have loving people around you, um, well, that's what life's all about, right that, there. That's what it's about, and it's like I honestly, like I'm like, dang, I guess I'm gonna start feeling old when I'm like <laughs> seventy, I guess. Cause no, right now, because you see some seventy-year-olds who are that's just true. Like Manuela, my 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 wife's dad, uh -huh. he's like in his upper seventies, and and we went to go see uh, last week. We went to go see uh, a, a, a play in Toronto last week, and he's just. Italian, old Italian dude, and we got out of the car. He's like, "Come on, I'll race you to the theater," and he started running. I was like, "Hell no, he's beating me." Oh <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, and it really is about that spirit too. Absolutely, you know what I mean. What does India feel like about all of the women throwing themselves at her dad? Three words: <laughs> ew, ew, ew. <laughs> it's just like, I mean. It's it's all yeah. That's always been kind of like hilarious and kind of like if they only knew. Like I'm like the most self-described nerd. That's what you yeah, say. Yeah, I am. I'm like a nerd. I'm like this. Like when I'm home, there's absolutely nothing sexy about me. <laughs> it's like, uh, I, I know the true EB fans beg to differ. <laughs> but I I am I am the nerdiest most like. Um, I don't know, just unpretentious, just... Yeah, I pick you know, that up, for so, sure. Um, so I, what does it feel like in all of those situations? Because some women are really aggressive, some women very. are... Are they very? Yeah, I know very. you've been all over the world, so yeah. you've experienced regional differences. And yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's interesting, um, but it's always extremely, like, flattering. Okay. You know? Um... I love it. I, I would be lying if I sat here and said, you know, <laughs> that's that's the part of the job I really I don't like. Come on, I I love the fact that people, you know, people find me. Some people find me attractive, and mm -hmm. um, and it's like not just attractive. It's central. It's sexy. It's the music. E even it better. like even you know, better. it just adds all to it. Even and then better. you actually are cool. On yeah. top of it. Well, thank you. That's that Milwaukee right there. Yeah, you know? yeah. Or know. is it the Alabama? That's right. Now, see, it's probably <laughs> it's probably more the Alabama. You know? You know, like my uh, my mom and dad are from Alabama. And so we, you know, growing up, we would go down there. We would drive down there. My, like every year, every other year, mm -hmm. my, my, father, my father got like a new station wagon, a new Buick. <laughs> A new Buick. That was station wagons cool back then, though. Were y'all? No, like... they were never cool. I don't think so. <laughs> Not to us. We we're like, dang, station wagon, daddy. Can we but get I a mean, Lincoln? <laughs> Lincoln was dope. The Lincoln LTD. Uh -huh. But um, we would get in the station wagon, drive down to Alabama, and uh, yeah. So I got a lot of country in me. Well, that's good. I mean, that's that's also Southern hospitality. Yeah. It could be transferred as that, because you got that song Redbone on there. Redbone. Redbone. Yeah, man. And did that come from? Yeah, that really came from, like, I, I had never, I did not know what that term was. And, well, come on. When I first heard it, I was, um, 
eight or nine years old. I probably didn't have any business uh, learning the term back then anyway. But uh -huh. my cousins were very... My cousins down south, I don't know what it is down south, but they were doing things... <laughs> At, at, yeah, at 8, 9, 10, and 11 that I didn't really get to till like 15, 16, 17, 18. She told me about that. She's from Memphis. Yeah, I was like, y'all actually do that? You find girls that want to do that with you? And it would trip me out. But one of the things that, you know, um, my cousins would do is just like, you know, holler at girls. You know, mm -hmm. we find a parking lot, we find, and I'm 9 and 10, I would like, I, I wouldn't be hollering at nobody. Right? I'd just be giggling right. somewhere. But, uh, uh, you know, um, redbone was a term that referred to like a, you know, my color or lighter mm -hmm. uh, woman. Oh, yeah. I went to school in Atlanta, so I definitely know. Right. <laughs> now, I, I never, I never found out, I never heard the term redbone being considered a derogatory term. No. I, yeah. Um, and I, and I neither did the redbone. Neither, neither, <laughs> neither did the redbone. So I probably should have done a little bit more research before writing a song about it because that, Literally, I don't know how, like, red bone, like, what is the origin of that? I, I don't really know. I hope there's no horrible no, no, racist no. <laughs> origin now to it now all of a sudden. But, yeah, I got in a little bit of heat um, from that song. You did? Are you being facetious right now? No, I'm not. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. I yeah. mean, you wrote a song called Chocolate Legs. I mean, like, that's what like, I was whatever. thinking. That's what I was thinking. I mean, but um, no, you think I was joking? No, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know about the controversy. Yeah, I mean, there was. There's some people. It seems like it's it's very polarized. It's either like that song is dope, that's my anthem, or it's like, how dare he? I ain't never buying no Eric Benet record again. It's probably because they're not Redbone. <laughs> Probably, but, but you I, cater to yeah. you cater to you know the brown bones, if you will. Yeah, you know with the chocolate legs. I mean, and I feel like as a songwriter, um, you know, I can write about all my experiences. Exactly. And, and why should one of my experiences make someone feel like they're excluded? Mm -hmm. You know. So anyway. Well, because you know, if you're not talking to us, and when I say us women, right. and naming our name, <laughs> you know, all the yeah. time, it's like, excuse me. Why are you ignoring? Why are you ignoring this side of the room? I, I, I feel it. Okay. Yeah. Young Weezy Wee. Yeah. And Eric B. Uh huh. And I love all women, if you know what I mean. Yes, Lord, I love them dark. I love them light. Yeah. Short, tall, thick, thin, and back one more thing. All right. But it's this one little particular situation I need to tell y'all about. You did. I met a honey about a week ago I got a little but I need some more I ain't the only one to learn her curves A matter of fact, forget what you heard She's all, she's all that and more
Back to Studio Q with our special guest, Eric Benet. You are listening to Studio Q. I was uh, reading that it was like the Jackson 5 in the Jordan house. Oh, yeah, we were singing. We yeah. Was, all the time we were singing. So, what could I, at any time, at any given time, I could walk into your house and, and hear what? Harmony. You would hear harmony. You would hear um, uh, Lisa, Audrey, Jenny, and Steve. 
uh, my older siblings. And George would come over okay. a lot, and uh, there would be just harmony. You know, they we anytime uh, like Audrey, it was mainly like Audrey and George. If they heard uh, a song, either on a Silvers, you remember the Silvers? Uh, no, but you could k- explain what the Silvers is for the people who don't know well, what the Silvers. Well, the Silvers were kind of like the Jacksons. They just, they were, to me, they were like just as dope as the Japs- Jacksons. They just didn't, for whatever reason, didn't blow up the same bigness as the Jacksons. But, but they had like dope harmonies. Mm-hmm. Um, the Carpenters, we used to love the Carpenters growing mm-hmm. up because they had these dope. Harmonies. We right. were just all about like harmony and like real arrangements. And so whenever um, they would hear that in the song, we they would break it down. We had that oh, kind of ear right. where it could be like you know soprano, alto, tenor, bass, and every now and then they would give me a note. And um, so for a lot of reasons, like music to me uh, is synonymous to love, mm-hmm. you know, because that's how, like, my family and I, that's how we kind of communicated with each other. And so, and it's also like when you hear, like, a lot of my music, I, I like to do really interesting things with harmonies, and, and, and my songs are, you know, tend to be, um, the arrangements tend to be a, a, a little bit more uh, complex than most arrangements, I mm-hmm. think, um, that are on the radio. And um, so, yeah, I just love uh, the craftsmanship of uh, making music and the structure of song and uh, beautiful harmonies and melodies. Now, when you're singing with India, does it take you back to those days or is it something entirely different? It's like its own thing, you know, it's it it, in some ways it takes me back, but reversed. Like Mm -hmm. I was always I was the baby and I was like being schooled and taught how to like stay on your note Eric you know that that alto is right there right there on your note so um so it's like now I'm the one Mm -hmm. you know um flipping it and um and it's uh yeah I saw you in that video that you guys got like a million hits oh yeah yeah like I think she was going to a verse too and you like Bring it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it. There it is, and it's like it's just been ingrained in me from when I was a when I was a baby. So now I got babies. And the thing with India is, I mean, from the moment she was born, I've been singing to her. So, um, and like my situation, from the moment I was born and put in that house, that Jordan house. Um, I had no choice. I'm going to be making music some kind of way because I'm. Oh, that's all I'm hearing is people singing, and that's all India's been hearing her whole life is me just singing. And now Lucia is the same way. I mean, I'm Aww. just singing to her nonstop. I can't wait to see what her voice is going to sound like. Wow, that's going to be fun.
up so I'm feeling strong again. You're the reason why I'm still alive. You just like music in my life. What's up, y'all? This is Eric Benet, and you're listening to me and my girl, Quincy, on Studio Q. You are listening to Studio Q. Do you remember the first song you ever sang? 
the first song I ever sang? In front of an audience. Well, that would be church. That would be church. That would be, um, I was pretty young, and I, I, I think, I think um, I was in the choir, and I think I had my first solo to, uh, I made a vow to the Lord. I think I sang that. Oh, nice, mm. nice, nice. The first song you ever sang. Do you, how old were you? you know, um, I don't really remember. It must have been like right around like that whole eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eight, seven, somewhere around there. Okay. So a lot of people don't know that your real last name is Jordan. Jordan. Mm-hmm. So why did you drop the Jordan, Eric Benet Jordan? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I just thought Eric Benet Jordan was too long. Mm-hmm. And I thought Eric Jordan, like when I first came out, like, Michael Jordan How? was like the man. an Olympic god. <laughs> right. And I was like, no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> so I was just like, let me just, uh, and, and, and my father, my father had recently passed away, and my father actually gave me the name Benet. Did he really? Yeah. And so it's, um, part of it is, you know, almost like an homage to my dad. Um, um, yeah, my father was a big fan of uh, Stephen Vincent Benet. Okay. The author, um, which is very unique because I can't find anybody else who's a, who's a fan of Stephen <laughs> Vincent Benet. I would even read a lot of his poetry, and it was like kind of macabre and just dark. One of the things that people like most about me are the words or the lyrics that I write, and my father named me after his favorite writer. It all comes full circle, yeah, doesn't it? That? Doesn't it? If you had like five or six serious, deep yeah. Relationships that gave us some good songs. So yeah. thank you for going. You got through some them. of the good songs from some <laughs> none of the deep ones too. Actually, oh for <laughs> you got, real? Yeah, you, you got some good we, songs from just some of those episodes. Oh okay. Yeah. Well, I want to know. I mean, we all know about your ex-wife Halle Berry. That was one of the most famous of the ones. Mm-hmm. But what did what did all that teach you about yourself? <sighs> Much. Uh, it taught me to um, um, be honest with myself. Um, I felt like in a lot of ways um, I was in that relationship trying to convince myself mm-hmm. um, that everything was great. Um, or, and then because of that dishonesty with myself, it kind of spawned you know, other dishonesty within the relationship. And I feel like... Um, yeah, probably the most valuable lesson that I learned in that situation was to always be rigorously honest with me. And if I can do that, then um, other things in my life may not always be perfect, but uh, they will be the truth. And they'll be my truth, and, um, um, you know, it'll all work out. Is that the advice that you would give to India or any? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, going through so many life experiences and looking back on, okay, let's see, the one common denominator, like whenever I fell on my face, whether it was in personal relationships or whether it was in professional um, situations, it was when I was dishonest with myself. Mm-hmm. You know, where I, I tried to convince myself that everything was okay. Or I tried to convince myself that something was cool. Okay, I'll, I'll roll with this. I'm not really feeling it, but I'll roll with it. Mm-hmm. Um, like whenever, whenever you get that feeling of um, 
it ain't right, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Don't mm-hmm. don't do it. Just thrown away. I'm finally getting back to what I used to be. Shared my pain with my family. Think I'm on my way. I can sleep at night. I don't reach for you when I wake up. No. But it's taken some time. I can live my life without praying that we could make up. I'm moving on. I'm feeling strong inside, but sometimes I cry. When I'm all alone with this heart of mine, sometimes I And you'll both be happy, yeah. Been long enough for me to take a look around. I met a girl, we've been hanging out. She's been good for me. But when we're making love, she don't take me there like you used to. And it hurts when I love, Understand how to push you out, forget you, and let you go. Cause Lord knows I tried, yeah, but sometimes I cry. Baby, I've been hurting for a long, long time. Yes, I have
Welcome back to Studio Q with our special guest, Eric Benet. You are listening to Studio Q. So how different is life now in, on the inside? <laughs> so much comes with wisdom, you know, and, and that is uh, such a beautiful part of it. Just like knowing now that I can live in a way that... Um, like, if I ain't feeling something, I'm going to tell you right away. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, this is not working for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was not that person before. You had to evolve. I had to evolve to mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, and when you are, you know, when, when you're uh, unapologetically that way mm-hmm. in your life, your life is so much less stressful and you just nip things in the bud and... You can go to sleep and sleep good. You can wake up feeling excited for the day because you don't got to be in nothing that you really don't want to. You don't have to wake up into a day that you would rather not be having to deal with mm-hmm. this particular person or this particular situation. Right. You know. Trying hard just to understand Where did I go wrong? Ain't I been a good man? You could say a wish and I'd make it come true There's not a damn thing I wouldn't do for you I think you know how much this is killing me But I love you enough set you free so go ahead baby find yourself but just do my heart a favor girl don't find nobody else when you walk the world go way around and the best you had you already found and your heart is heavy Just something inside I've been questioning Cause every woman has to go find her own path And if our love is true like we always knew Then I'll be coming back When I've walked the world the whole way around And the best I've had I've already found When my heart is had in Listening to Studio Q. 
music is very important to Eric yes. Benet. Yes. Okay, so are you frustrated with where R&B music is now, what you hear on the radio that you don't hear? You hear auto-tune or subpar singers, subpar lyrics, and you got string orchestras in your recording studios. Like, does it frustrate you that you don't hear real music like you did back in the 70s? Um, that's a very good question. I can't really say that um, just the fact that music has evolved to something else now uh, frustrates me. I think a lot of what I hear is dope. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I, I love it. Like, like, I love a lot of, you know, when you watch the Billboard Awards or the American Music Awards, a lot of that music is, like, so great, mm -hmm. and it's dope in so many different genres of it, and <clears throat> I don't really have anything against, like, um, um, auto-tune vocals, um, I just feel like um, music hits me harder when somebody can really sing and if they can pull it off live you know emotionally I get much more out of it and then the the other thing about R&B is um, like I said like a, a lot of what is called R&B today I think is just like brilliant I think mm -hmm. it's <clears throat> I think it's uh, well constructed modern music I just don't think it's fair to put it all in the category of R&B, mm -hmm. you know? I thought I was at the, I don't know if I was at the Grammys or the Billboard Awards, and I just thought it, it's it's unfair that, you know, like Chris Brown is in the same, or, or I can't even remember the artist, but it mm -hmm. was either Chris Brown or Rihanna or somebody in the same category with Lettucey. <laughs> yeah. And I was right. like, all of those artists are dope, mm -hmm. right? And they do their thing very well. Right. Okay, but that's really not fair mm -hmm. um, because it's not the same kind of music, you know. And it's almost like, okay, just because they're black <laughs> and they do popular music, mm -hmm. it's R&B. But, it, but it's really not. Mm -hmm. And um, it, reminds me, it reminds me when hip-hop first started. You know, on the award shows, they would just throw rap music in the same category as like, okay, best R&B album or, or whatever <laughs> yeah. on, on the Grammys before hip-hop evolved into this huge conglomerate of right. what, what it is now. <clears throat> and it always struck me as like, that's not cool. Like, mm -hmm. hip-hop hip-hop is its own thing. Mm -hmm. um, it needs its own category, and um, I really feel like it's unfair to put yeah, it. Yeah, and R&B is older than hip-hop, so you would think. Yeah. You know, that, you, that, it's you, a, that's... You would think so, but I think what R&B has evolved into what they're calling it now is very new. Like, mm -hmm. when I listen to, like, those artists that I mentioned, like the Chris Browns or, the, or yeah. what Usher is doing now, yeah. or... It doesn't sound. It sounds more like you know, like Euro techno mm -hmm. meets I don't know, some kind of like electronic, right? Hip hop influenced pop. Yeah, popular uh, music. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like nothing R and B about it except the people singing it are black. Right. I mean, I felt the same way. I mean, no offense because I love CeeLo in his own right, but CeeLo and Eric Benet, I you know. Well. I don't know. I, I feel I feel like in that particular song. That song, yeah. The, it it yeah. was it was it was uh, pretty appropriate. Yeah. You know because that song, um, I thought that was a dope song, and oh, I, I thought did too. I thought that that song was very much 
R&B. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, in, in line with what you're saying, yeah. just what I see from CeeLo and other right. stuff, I right. wouldn't necessarily just think of him in, in that category with you. Yeah. But that particular song, yeah, I totally yeah. agree with you. Mm -hmm. Now, you are very vulnerable in all of your lyrics. It reflects 100%, you said, of what's going on in, in your life. Do you ever feel like, man, I share too much on that one? Um, no. No, thank you for the compliment. I feel like... Um, being an artist is uh, synonymous to being vulnerable mm. and exposed. If you're a true artist, you know, if you're in it for something else, um, you know, just for sensationalism or just to try to make a hit based upon what's hot and going up the charts right now, um, which oddly enough is where people find most success. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, what, that's what I was going to ask, because pay devil's advocate with that, too, is that mm -hmm. you said you when you go into the studio, mm -hmm. you're not really making or creating music that radio wants to hear. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't you make music that radio loves? Because radio doesn't know what it likes until mm -hmm. it's already old. Until it's already, and, until it's already, by the time I get to the studio, well, there's a couple reasons why. Um, I mean, it's like, I'm not going to try to like chase what's hot right now because by the, if if that's what's motivating me to make music first of all is I wouldn't be the person who I am right now but if I was that person that would just be like let me chase what's hot right now right I think my career would be pretty short mm. you know what I'm saying I mean mm -hmm. because I, I I'm I'm I don't know I'm always going to be like trying to chase that thing that's uh always changing and hard to keep up with and so I, I think I made a, a decision like really early on I even called my first album true to yourself true to myself yeah. because that's how I was going to try to handle my um, that was going to be my philosophy for my career like I'm not really whoever the hot producer even while I was doing true to myself that was like in the throes of like New Jack Swing was hot right and like <laughs> right. people would come in the studio and they'd be like Man, ain't nobody gonna buy this. It's like old Al Green sounding mess. And they did. <clears throat> yeah, and they did. And so I was like, yo, man, I got I just gotta I just gotta like like I said, let my inner voice be the loudest mm -hmm. and let that be the barometer for what feels right for me. And I pretty much kept that philosophy through throughout my career. So do you think you've remained true to yourself? And, and all that you've done? Uh, yeah, artistically, I think to, to the best of my ability. I mean, I always try to like push the envelope and do something that I've never done before. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important for any artist's evolution. Mm -hmm. um, but the core of what I am and the core of what excites me creatively, um, I think I've stayed very true to that.
create your songs in its infancy just mumbling the vowel sounds mm-hmm. and trying to mm-hmm. That's I, feel, I, I feel that I could do a duet with you during those moments <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you could I have so many like little um, well now I don't have little micro micro cassettes anymore but like on my phone my iPhone like little just like digital recordings of me mumbling mumbling a melody while I'm um, 
doing like a beatbox, like how the groove is gonna be, and then okay, let me sing the bass. Yes. Some of the dopest singing happens in. Really? Yeah, because sometimes I mean, well, the trick is when you're writing is to not to let the words um, constrict the melody, because you're basically trying oh. to fit words into this uh, fine words. Uh, fit words into this melody that you came up with, and so without the restriction of lyrics, the the melody can like do all. Is that kinds why? Of is that why the lyrics come to you last? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's why. Um, I wish they didn't because I'd probably get a whole lot more songs written quicker. But um, yeah, the the melody is always there, strong and just definitive. And it's like, here I am, this is the melody, this is what I am. It's like, oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, that was easy. And But then the words are like, I gotta go hunt for them. This is the lightning round, the Eric Benet lightning round. Okay, I don't want you to think too much, just whatever comes up. Stream of consciousness. Stream of consciousness, you already know, you already got the, the, the title. <laughs> <laughs> Grammy Award or Platinum Record? Um, platinum Record. So, <laughs> I'm gonna be real. Sometimes mm. I cry or real love. Real love. Chocolate legs or you're the only one. Um, dang. Why does it gotta be one? <laughs> uh, I, Otherwise, it would be called the lightning round. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go with you're the only one. Chrisette, Michelle, or Lettucey? Lettucey. Earth, Wind, and Fire or Rufus and Shaka Khan? Damn. <laughs> I'm gonna go Rufus and Shaka Khan. Oh wow, okay. Even after the Soul Train. Okay, okay. I mean, I love them both. No, I know. <laughs> uh, the style of Bruno Mars or Andre 3000? Uh, I'm gonna go with Andre. Reality TV or online poker? Online poker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steely Dan or the Beatles? Why are you doing this to me? Oh. Steely Dan. Music or summer love with India? Music. A duet with Duke Ellington, Donny Hathaway, or Marvin Gaye? Oh my God. Duke Ellington. Okay. Your guilty pleasure? Um, Chopped and South Park. <laughs> I love those two. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? Rain. What sound or noise do you hate? Um, uh, children crying. What is Eric Benet's favorite curse word? I can say it? Yeah, this is the internet. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> you said that with trouble. some conviction, right. boy. <laughs> you must have said that of many mm. a day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Soul Train or the Apollo? Um, Soul Train. Milwaukee or Alabama? <sighs> Man. Messing me <laughs> up. All right, Milwaukee. Tennis or hiking? Tennis. The Messenger, the movie, or mm. Trinity Goodhart? The Messenger, which one was that? Well, I found it on your Facebook page. You said you liked The Messenger, the movie. Well, obviously, it's going to be Trinity Goodhart. Right, it's Trinity Goodhart now. I forgot all about the messenger. University of Wisconsin or Milwaukee Tech High? Oh, man, so many memories. Uh, I'm going to go with UWM. Okay. 
only want to be with you, which is a duet with your sister, or spend my life with you, duet with Tamia? Um, my sister, only want to be with you. I heard that. On a scale of one to ten, this is for the true EB fans, what is your freak number? Uh, can you adjust the scale at all? <laughs> You can do whatever you want. It's your universe. 12.5. <laughs>